everybody, this is Kimberly Miner today, owner and founder of Holistic Living Health and Wellness. And today I have wonderful friend Kimberly Selchin here, and she is the owner of Tudor Doctor. We are going to touch on a really important subject today that has to do with the most important people that we need for our future, and that's our children. And uh, Kim and I have, uh, Kimberly and I have had this conversation ourselves is that, um, you know, what do we need to do to empower our children to be successful? Is that, uh, you know, we put a whole lot of, of emphasis on do well in school, uh, you know, make sure you're doing the things that teacher tells you to do, um, you know, or we wind up finding ourselves criticizing our kids un unknowingly is that, you know, well, why didn't you do well on the test? Well, you know, you must not have put the time in. You must not have studied. You must have, you know, um, you must not have known the material. Like, we keep thinking of all these reasons and stuff of why it is that, um, our kids should be accountable, but what have we done to empower our children to one, tell us when it is is that something that they're not understanding, something that they're struggling with, that's that's just as important as empowering them with tools to figure it out for themselves, is empowering them to let you know or let people know as they get older and even at the young age is let you know, let a teacher know that it's something that they don't understand and to make them feel okay about the fact that, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be times in life where you don't understand how to do something. And so you do need to go somewhere and search for help. Mm -hmm. You know, as adults, when we don't understand something, what do we do? We look for resources. We look it up. We go and we call an expert. We talk to people and we do those things because we know as adults, in order to be able to figure out what it is we don't understand, that we have to go, well, okay, how is that any different for a child who their job as they're growing up is to go to school mm -hmm. and prepare for you know, getting out of high school and going into college or going into a trade or whatever it is that they're going to move forward and doing is are we giving them all the tools that are necessary in order to, one, ask for help when they need it, two, be able to uh, let somebody know when it is something that they don't understand, and three, have the resources uh, within themselves to understand how to work through a process. Right. And so, you know, Kimberly owns a company where their philosophy is about the whole child mm -hmm. as a person. It's about, uh, you know, figuring out who that individual kid is and figuring out what is it that they're going to need in order to be able to one, connect them with the correct person to come in and help them, and two, how is it that that child functions? How do they process information so that as they're helping them, they can give them the tools that are necessary to help themselves work through these problems that they're having in a particular area? So we're so happy to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you, so, Kim. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it, this is this is an important piece of the puzzle. 
uh, one that is easily to get overlooked uh, yes. as our kids are growing up and stuff. And, you know, I know that as my kids were growing and stuff is that, you know, there's things that, that um, you know, they struggled with and stuff. And, and, you know, I would try to find, you know, help for them um, because there was just certain areas that I was not in a position to be able to help them. I was, it was, yeah, I was, Mm -hmm. I struggled too. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where did you come from and how you got to the point where you are with, uh, you know, getting tutor doctors up and going. Sure. Um, I do want to comment first that as I listen to you explain what, what we do and and what I do in our business about empowering kids, um, helping them advocate for themselves, which is something I believe very strongly in, it sounds it sounds almost identical to what your business model is too. You know, yes. Recognizing the individual, listening to what their needs are, and then most importantly, giving them the tools so that they can take action. And and that really is what we do. So my, my background is not in education. It is in sales leadership and people leadership. So I've, I've interviewed thousands of people, hired hundreds of people over the years. And something that I've noticed along the way is despite having gone through the typical education system as most of us have, people generally are lacking executive skills. We hear that term a lot. You know, it's time management, organization, um, confident, effective and effective and clear communication. Um, for instance, should you communicate face-to-face with someone? Should you email? If you email, can you properly express what you're trying to say? So a lot of things that help someone as an adult in the workplace, whatever their career is, um, I've noticed these things are lacking, and this is from people that have been my direct reports, as well as truly some of my superiors along the way. So it really doesn't matter. People get to positions of, of high power or authority, and they lack a lot of these things. So I I think through things, and I tried to I tried to process things in a scientific mindset. Like, how do we go back to the beginning to fix this? Because I think anybody who's in the corporate workplace specifically, we're all familiar with the workshops on time management. Yes. Okay, everybody, especially executive management, management, we're gonna have we're gonna have a meeting on how to budget our time and yes. how to manage our calendars. We think, well, at some point these things should be pretty instinctual and why is it that they're not? Well, they're not really taught. So if I come back to what I do now, which is education, this is how I felt like it was the most effective way to get to the beginning and the root cause so that we can give kids the tools to become lifelong learners and effective producing adults. That's that's really my why. So I looked at the result of all the people that I've hired and worked with and for over the years and I thought, gosh, now I've got kids that are nine and 10 what are they learning? How is it that what they're learning is going to be different than fast forward what I've seen over the last 15 to 20 years in yes. executive roles? And I don't think they're getting enough of it. So what our, what our business does, may I talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Please. So, so it is a tutoring company, as the name implies. It's Tutor Doctor. Um, but what we do that is, I think it's pretty unique, is that we do a consultation which is a discussion just like this. Right. Like we'll pretend Kim here is our student of the day. So I would come in, meet with the family. So mom, dad, whoever's grandma, whoever's the one that helps out with the homework and makes the decisions. We'd all sit down together and I would ask Kim a lot of questions because Kim knows the most about her experience in school. I think I do. I think you should just ask me the questions. Uh, and in fact, you would find it's been most of the time talking to the student. And you know what I'll say this? We underestimate kids a lot, 
I, I'm going to say personally, I have underestimated my own kids a lot. I think well, maybe they need to be spoken for. Maybe I need to fill in what they really mean. Um, you know, you might be surprised. Um, even five-year-olds, they can pretty much tell you what's yes. lacking in classroom. They'll, they'll, what might seem like they're going off on a tangent is very telling. So I ask a lot of open-ended questions. So, you know, Kim, how do you like school? It would be something like this. We'll just see how this works on the fly. It's good. Yeah. So well, how are your tables? Do you sit in a cluster? Do you have like four people or do you sit in an individual desk? Uh, I have a desk. Yeah? Who sits next to you? Uh, this boy I don't really like. Oh, there's always somebody in the class you don't like. What's yeah. his name? Charles. Charles. Okay. What do you not like about Charles? He always asks me lots of questions. He never leaves me alone. Really? Is he yeah. bugging you while you're trying to pay attention? All the time. I keep telling him to stop, and he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever tell your teacher? Not really. Yeah. Don't be a Charles. That's my lesson for you today. Your parents, it sounds like Charles being a little bit disruptive to your daughter, Kim. That's, that's one tiny, tiny example. But things like that come out of the conversation. So now we're starting to think, huh, that's weird. My daughter's never told me about Charles. Maybe it's because she has a crush on Charles. I don't know. I mean, there are, there are all kinds of reasons. But, you know, when we come at our children as parents and ask them questions, now let's be honest, we kind of have expectations attached to those questions. We want the question to lead to, here's why I'm doing well or not doing well in school. And really the answer can be found through a series of questions. Yes. But it's like kind of paint the picture of what is class like for you. So, you know, we have, gosh, we have, I don't know, 50, 60 tutors or so in the East Valley. They all have different specialties. Some of them prefer to work with college students. Some of them prefer, I put you at about maybe seven years old today. So some of them will work with like okay. the early the early learning. Um, so they all have specialties, but we work really hard to, to ex extract from the kid what's going on, what are the hindrances to their success in the classroom. And uh, surprise, it's not usually that they just don't understand the material. It's that they're having trouble bringing in the material because of the environment in the classroom. That, that happens a lot. So we try to find a person that has the academic skill set, of course, to help the student, but also is a good balance to the temperament of the particular student that we're working with. And I think that it's, um, it's a good uh, point to bring up, too, is that you know, there's a lot of kids, too, that... Um, you know, rather than taking the time to go tell a teacher that they don't understand something, they'll just struggle through whatever yeah. it is. You know, they'll either struggle through it or uh, they won't answer whatever the questions are and stuff. And the teacher doesn't realize there's an issue until the student has turned in the test or the paper or whatever it is that they're, you know, happen to be working on. And I have spoken to plenty of teachers over the years and stuff, and you know I know that that's a huge, huge uh, frustration for them, and not like a like an angry frustration. It actually saddens them because they want nothing more than the best mm -hmm. for all of their students that are in the classroom, and so to have a student that clearly didn't understand whatever that particular thing is that chose not to come to them 
<laughs> I know plenty of teachers who have spent time coming in before school or after, you yeah. know, saying after that they're more than happy to help in any way they can and stuff. But the child does not feel that they can do it. They don't, they can't communicate. And here's, here's a huge issue that goes on for the teachers is that there's one teacher and lots of students. And so, you know, they have, they only have so much time yeah. to teach what they need to teach. And, you know, if it's elementary school age, then generally speaking, there is quite a few subjects they have to get through in a day's time. Right. So they the allotment of time for each thing is only so much time. Mm-hmm. And when that time's up, then they have to get on to the next thing. They don't have that luxury of being able to, you know, make, you know, take a little bit longer on this or a little bit shorter on this. And, um, you know, there used to be a time when we were growing up and some of the teachers had more control over the environment in their classroom of how they did things and stuff like that. But nowadays, the district determines how mm-hmm. the the uh, curriculum is going to go. You know, how long you're going to take, uh, when you're going to give the test, and they're the ones that develop the test versus the teachers developing the test. So, you know, the teacher doesn't get an opportunity to focus on the things they think is important they have to touch on the things that the district has made the tests for and they don't necessarily always agree that that is the most important things that need to be uh you know focused on so you know we have a two two different things going on at the same time is that the teachers are struggling just as much as the students are struggling yeah yeah it's and that that is the case with with a lot of teachers, school districts, schools, whether it's charter or private, public, it doesn't really matter. There's um, that that's definitely one one thing that's playing against the success of many students, uh, and and I'd say it it's in spite of how hard and how hard the teachers have trained, they're educated, they they have passion to help the students, um, but one they they just they aren't they aren't autonomous in how they're setting the curriculum. For one, but I think a lot of the larger issue is that there there's only one of them. Now, even the teachers that are lucky enough to have some resource teachers brought into the classroom, you know, average is mid twenties for kids in a classroom. Mm-hmm. The the you know we work with kids all over the East Valley specifically. You know, whether it's a private school or a public school, they'll range from the low end of about eighteen, which is exceptionally low compared to the average, and the high side is is in the low thirties. So if you picture yourself. You know, whether you're a corporate leader, a business owner, a mom trying to run a homeschool group, or even at a playground, maybe that's a good example. Picture yourself at a playground and trying to get 30 some odd kids to listen to you. Oh no, it's yeah. very, it's it's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. So it's not it's not fair to expect the teacher to be able to cater to all of the learning styles within the classroom. And you know, to your point, even if the whole classroom isn't quite on pace with the curriculum. You know, it is 11 o'clock, and this is when we start leaving to go to recess and then lunch, so we, we have to stop, and hopefully we have time to revisit it. But sometimes that's just not the case. So, you know, we, we really look at things, and I know you do personally, but Tutor Doctor does as well. It, it's a team that supports the student. It is it is not the teacher. That's just not a fair expectation. Um, but they're still a part of the team. So when we're when we're tutoring a student, we're I really want to say we're coach. We're really more of a coach for the student course we offer the academic support but we also have to partner with the teacher yes. and with the parent and then of course our star player is our is our student so you know if they don't put in the effort it doesn't matter how strong the teacher is right 
or how involved the parent is or how amazing the tutor is, work can't be done. Any That same thing is true for any of the players on the team. So we'll communicate with the teacher, say, hey, teacher Kim, um, student Kimberly, me in this case, I you know, we met with her, we're working with her, trying to help. We found out she's not really asking a lot of questions in class. Um, she finds the pace is a little bit faster than what she needs. So we're going to try to supplement things that she's missing. So if like the whole class is going at 50 miles an hour, she's at about 20. So every day she's 30 miles an hour behind. Right. So picture that if you're on the road and you're, you're on the entrance ramp and you're going 20 and everybody else is going 50, they're going to be the next exit before you're even on the freeway. So that's how a lot of these kids feel. So we have to try to help keep them caught up with current curriculum because, again, it's time to turn to the next chapter. And we also have to supplement whatever they missed at those past couple of exits. So hopefully that analogy resonates. But that's really what we have to do. Well, I, I will use myself as a great example of what it is that you are, are talking about is that uh, when I was in first grade, um, it seemed like it always took me for ever to get stuff done. And so everybody else was getting stuff done. And I clearly can remember my friends around me saying, oh, Kim, like, just hurry up, get it done, like, human done. And come the end of the year, you know, the teacher spoke with my parents and stuff. And I said, and said I really think she needs to repeat first grade. And one, my birthday is in October. So, you know, I was... Um, I was, you know, older, or how did I start? Mm-hmm. I, however that works is that, like, I had an early birthday, so I actually started sooner mm-hmm. than most of the other students, you right. know, for, for kindergarten, and then that proceeds into first grade. Um, so, socially, I probably wasn't ready to be in that situation. I, I needed to catch up. Um so it, pro- it, it was a good thing for me to, to repeat it and stuff, but I think that um, that's one of the things that um, with your tutors that is helpful is that there's a lot of kids that may have started school sooner. Mm-hmm. And so there is this whole thing of just not being ready mm-hmm. for, you know, with that for what the expectation is. And um, I, you know, I look at what they're having the kids do in kindergarten, first grade now versus, like, I saw a huge difference from when my son started kindergarten and when my daughter started kindergarten. What's the difference in age between them? Just just about five years. Okay. So it's a decent amount of time yeah. to see that that difference. of and, and I look at, you know, friends of mine who had kids later, and what they were doing, and I was shocked to see um, whether it's wrong, right or wrong is indifferent. But I was shocked to see what the how much that had changed mm-hmm. of what it is that their the expectation is for these kids coming in and stuff. So um, you know, there's a lot of kids that, especially if they, you know, a lot of there's always this big decision to make when do you when do you have your kids start. You know, when you have kids that are born in, like, August, September, October, of, like, what, like, what's the right thing to do? Right. You know, do you start now? Yeah. Or if you wait a whole year, and then they, yeah, then if you wait a whole year, then they're, like, so much older, and, like, it's this whole 
dilemma that every parent who has a kid that fits in that slot that you are having to make that decision on. So, Mm -hmm. um, but that's that, you know, there's, um, you know, and so when, when a child starts behind the eight ball like that and they, they are not ready, it's a, it just keeps, it's like a snowball. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And then as it gets bigger, it just picks up momentum and it, like all of a sudden, so how did you feel? If you don't mind, I'm just trying. I'm picturing you now as this little kid, especially since I kind of interviewed you, like you're one of our students. How did that make you feel when you noticed that your your friends, especially, were getting done faster than you? Um, I can remember feeling pressured when, um, and it's so funny because like that was a lifetime ago. <laughs> like Isn't yesterday, ago. Like she, said, she just had a birthday. She's not that old. Yeah, you're fine. It was like yesterday. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's so clear. Yeah. Um, but I do like. I can remember the classroom. I distinctly remember how the desks were set up. Oh. Like I can remember sitting there. Um, I can almost see. I can't remember the names, but I can like I can like I can picture it in my head, and I can remember. Uh, like one sitting on the like this side of me, and there was one across from me, and I can them. I can remember just going, Cam, like just get it done, just get it done. And I can remember feeling yeah. that, like, and it's like the more that they tried to cheer me on, the more difficult it became for me to get what it was accomplished because now my focus was changing, mm-hmm. of like focusing on what they were saying, focusing on what they were saying, and then. You know, knowing that, and then I can remember the teacher hearing, hearing the teacher say, "Like Kim, there, only there's only this much time left before you have to have it done." And then when that time was up, she would just like take it away. Yeah. And it was like I didn't get the opportunity to finish it. So, mm-hmm. um, I can I I do remember that feeling, and I can remember uh, um, when I went to repeat it and stuff, and um, having that feeling of. Like, what would the other kids think? Right. That I would be, you know, repeating that and stuff. And um, I don't remember there being anything significant that happened that that played some kind of role in how I felt from an emotional standpoint that I was made fun of or anything else like that. Um, so I think I was kind of came up away from that unscathed but um i, I don't but i, don't I do wonder. remember that feeling yeah I, I wouldn't i don't know about that if you remember it that clearly i think it was at least you were at least touched by it i don't know if yes. it felt like you had, you had wounds but that's something I, I think i think some of us as, as parents or even as teachers you know when we go through the parent teacher conference motions we're expecting i i have i expect the teacher to tell me what they're observing and kind of give me a prescription i'll use a tutor doctor reference but use a prescription to tell me how do i how do i help my kids and if something doesn't stand out as being significantly different than the rest of the class or they don't see you breaking down and crying, yes, we don't always know, well, there's something that's more internal that's going on. It's like step by step or day by day, you're shutting down a little bit, trying a little bit less hard because the results don't really matter. You're always being rushed. And if we go back to the cars, the cars are so far down the road at this point. Chances are you're never going to catch up. And whether that's true or not, if we believe it's true, it's true. Right. And so so many students that we meet with, I'm just kind of kids because they're people. So the, the people that we meet with, depend, doesn't matter what their age is, I, I'm seeing earlier and earlier kids are getting emotionally scarred mm-hmm. 
by their performance in school. Yes. And it's, I don't remember that as a kid. So, like, your experience is more what I remember from other kids, but I definitely don't remember ever coming home and crying in second, third grade because I wasn't even attached to my performance. I was just a kid going to school. Yes. But we meet with kids that the reason the mom or dad called is because the kid came home one day and said, I don't want to go back to school. I'm the dumbest kid in the class. And when I meet with them and I see the work that they're doing, they're not they're not dumb. I I assure you they're not dumb. They don't have a learning disability, but their confidence is shot. Mm-hmm. And that that changes the course of a human being's life if they don't yes. believe they're good enough. They're not measuring up to some expectation. That's and my right. goodness gracious, in third grade or under, that's a lot of pressure to carry on through through school. Like if you don't do something to change that, why is it going to change? That kid now believes that they are the kid at the very back of the pack. And again, whether it's true or not, it becomes true unless we do something to change that. So, you know, when you look for the signs, like your, your kid used to love school and would put on their backpack and get their shoes on 15 minutes before you ever even had to go. That's a kid that loves school. And then two years later, suddenly they're dreading it and their backpack's a mess. Something has changed. Right. And their grades are probably going to drop as a result. But the grades aren't the problem. The learning's not the problem. Something emotional is, is often what's at heart. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying we're counselors. We're not counselors. But the cool thing is because we're also not mom or dad and we're also not teacher, the only purpose of having a private tutor come in is to improve the, the student's success. Right. But the way we do it is, I believe, I just believe this is the right approach. It's the same thing that caused me to switch into education. It's to make better, more productive, confident human beings is to go back to the root. So people will become confident when they have the skills and they believe that they can. So we have to give people the tools, confidence, sorry, confidence will follow and then results follow after that. So tools, then confidence, then success. That's, that's, that's the roadmap. Well, and by giving the kids when they're in elementary school, the tools that they need is that they understand that they know how to take care of themselves. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it gives them then tools to, can, you know, you give them a toolbox and you start putting some tools in there. And then as they get older, they keep bringing, put more and more tools in there and mm-hmm. stuff so that by the time they graduate high school, they have a full toolbox and they have uh, understanding mm-hmm. of what they need to do when they get out of there, whether it's vocational school they're going to mm-hmm. or it's university they're going to, whatever it is that they're choosing to do and stuff, there's going to be some type of educational process to learn whatever it is that they're going to be putting a focus into. And, you know, you have to know how to figure out who you are and mm-hmm. how it is that you function and stuff. And, that's that's what you're that's what you're giving them in that toolbox is to for them to figure out who they are yeah. you know and you know what what is you know when when you sit down with them as a tutor you can sit there and say what is it that you think you don't understand versus yes. versus that you know um, going to school and not performing well and going I just don't know it that's not an answer. <laughs> That's, although I'm going to guess as a parent and you asked your kids 
That's what they're saying. Right. They're like, I don't know. I just don't get it. I don't get it. They didn't explain it. It wasn't... And probably not one of those things are true. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just potentially gonna, right. I'm going to pull from a little bit of experience. <laughs> you know, there is that um, chances are the teacher has reviewed it or the teacher has said, if you need help or whatever else, like I'm more than happy to like answer a question for you right. or whatever else. I'm just pulling that out of the box of uh, like past experience um, of two of them. So, uh, but, you know, kids will start cutting themselves off. They won't invest in themselves to ask for help or say they don't understand it or say, can you explain that again? Or can you explain Mm -hmm. that in a different way? Um, You know, that's just like the rest of us. I mean, you know, there's some teachers that you click more with because the way that they, they communicate kind of, you know, connects more with what your personality is. Well, Mm -hmm. so... It can't be any different for our kids. Our kids are people too, and you know, even at a young age and stuff, they they wind up being friends with certain kids because their personalities click. Just like right. when you're adults, you're you know, you're not necessarily friends with everybody, and the reason for that is is because you have different personalities, and so different personalities click with different people. Right, and there's nothing. There's nothing wrong about that. It's just that's how the human being is. And so we need to start understanding that when we're dealing with children is that they have different personalities. And so they're going to click differently with every teacher they have and how they, you know, so then if they click with that teacher, chances are they're probably doing better in that class Mm -hmm. because that teacher's teaching in a way that connects with how their brain functions. If they're not doing well in a class, chances are that, you know, the way that that teacher explained things is not on the same wavelength as the way that they Mm -hmm. function. And so it's nothing wrong with the teacher. It's nothing wrong with the student. It's that you need a middle person to come in that can take what the teacher is trying to focus on and know what the teacher, what the end goal of that teacher is by communicating with the teacher. And then figuring out what the student says that they feel they don't understand and bringing and make and being the bridge to bridge that gap between the the two of them you know it's not it's not trying to focus saying one or the other is the problem right it's not about being a problem I, i agree it's nobody's nobody's wrong and you know for anybody who you know follows our page on facebook or instagram or linkedin you know i i will make posts about you know like Smart is not measured by grades. I mm-hmm. I think that that is a really big misconception. You know, we've already talked about it. Confidence leads into a lot of other things. How does how does low confidence start? It starts in first grade. It starts in seventh grade. Puberty. I mean, who knows? Who knows what affects somebody's confidence? What makes somebody confidence when they are not smart? As far as like an IQ test, there are plenty of people that are confident that are not particularly bright, but something makes them believe they can overcome well, all odds. I think that's a great point you're bringing because I will tell you from experience is that um, you will find that kids that actually um, are the ones that may be causing issues in the classroom or not doing well on the tests are actually some of the brightest students. And the one of the reasons that they're acting out that they are and stuff is that either they're not getting something mm-hmm. or they're not getting stimulated enough yeah. and actually yeah. not getting stimulated enough 
is just as big of an issue as not understanding something enough. Absolutely. Yeah, so if we go back to the little Charlie example, maybe the reason Charlie keeps bugging you is because yes. he is running circles around the rest of the class. He yes. knows how to, t I forget, how, I made you seven, right? Okay, so seventh grade, or seven years old, you're first grade, you're learning, you know, multiplication, maybe a touch of it, two times two, but you're definitely doing addition subtraction. He's got that. He's on to like two digit yes. multiplication. So he's like, hey, cute girl, cute blonde girl, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is what happens with a lot of these kids. So, you know, we, we touched a little bit on, you know, the curriculum is built a certain way um, to, essentially it's to test well on state, on standardized testing, but within the classroom, you have all these different learning styles and learning abilities, and they vary subject by subject. So you you have to try to go to the middle. So you have like the Charlies, he's now suddenly this bright kid. We've, we've made him that way, I, did, I guess. So like Charlie <laughs> is this overachiever that's like, I am so bored, I'm going to disrupt the class. And then there's poor little Kim, who may be equally as bright as Charlie, but she just needs to hear it twice, or she just needs it presented a different way. Right. Or just one-on-one, -on -one because maybe you're just super shy. You're not shy now, but like maybe you were shy when you were little, and when other people are around you, you won't ask the question, you will drop your eyes, and you won't, you won't make eye contact, which separates you from learning. But if it's just the two of us talking, right. you'll say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why did you think about it that way? Well, here's how I do it. This is how the tutors really start getting through to the kids, because you separate all the other distractions, whether you're a super bright kid or a maybe not so bright kid that needs that needs yes. additional support. It doesn't matter. We meet you where you are intellectually, emotionally. If you're having a great day and you have a great tutoring session, awesome. If you had a really rough day because Charlie broke up with you <laughs> because you guys started dating in middle school, you know what? Let's be honest. That affects how you're doing in school. <laughs> so we just have to deal with it and get through it because, you know, I love what you said. Kids are people. First, yeah. before they're kids, before they're students, they are people. They're just small, right. so we, we treat them with respect. We treat them in the individual that with as though the individual that they are, and then we work with that. So yeah, finding somebody that you know pulls out of them their best and believes in them, they can accomplish really amazing things, and we see it all the time. You know, we've got some really great reviews publicly from parents, and there are many more. You know, not everybody, of course, fills out reviews, but gosh, there are some some kids. Or the first time when I think, when I sat down in their living room, there's a lot that's apparent with, you know, the family dynamic, um, what the kid thinks of themselves, you know, when they're sitting like this, like, yeah, I don't know, whatever, I just, whatever, mom, whatever you want me to do, right. sure, I'll get an A. Like, wow, this is, <laughs> there's a lot of years and layers around this kid. Like, how, how can we draw this out? Well, first thing, it's not going to happen in a month. It's going to take some time because it took a lot of time to get to that point. Right. Um, and then... Then there are other kids where they're very like, this is exactly what I don't understand. If I can just have somebody explain it like this, and this is the point at which I knew it, and then this is the point I didn't. Right. Wow. That is a pretty short-term tutoring thing because they just need to refresh a couple sections of a subject. It was like a transition point um, in the year, or maybe the geometry got more advanced, whatever it is. But you know, something to think about is going back to everybody's in individual, they learn at different paces, they have different needs. Some people might need years of tutoring. Right. If you want to support them to, again, be able to work for themselves, study on their own without having to have a teacher, go to the, uh, like, go to the, the tutoring center at college just to sit down in their dorm room and study independently, um, plan their calendars when they're professionals, all of these things, there are different lengths of time 
that each person needs. So it's all very individualized. Oh, absolutely. I, I can pull from personal experience for myself is that um, I was not diagnosed with ADHD until I was in my 30s. So I wow. think back to when I was going through school and stuff and um, so many of the struggles that I felt as I was going through, especially when it came to like the standardized testing that they had to do and stuff for reading comprehension right. and everything. Uh, when you have ADHD, it's hard to focus in on things and stuff and you, it's easy to get sidetracked. Mm-hmm. And I can distinctly remember having to go through the standardized testing on the reading part where you had to go through it and read like the summary and then you had to answer questions to it. Right. And um, struggling with that and always uh, tested below average on that. And, you know, years later, understanding is that I was always having to, I would lose track and have to start over. And so mm-hmm. either one, I wasn't getting all the questions done, or I would look at a question and I'm like, oh, like, and I could remember it, but I would like spend all this time trying to go back and find it and stuff like that. And yep. then it was frustrating because I couldn't find it and stuff like that. So, um, you know, flash forward when I was in college and stuff, um, nobody actually told me to do it. And I don't know what made me think to do it and stuff. Um, but out of a struggle of like, how can I actually get my studying done and mm-hmm. remember what it is that I'm reading is that uh, I would go through, you know, and highlight the chapter that I read. And then I would go back through and write the notes down from what I highlighted. So, you know, I maybe didn't necessarily take it all in as I was highlighting it, but when I went back and did the notes on it and stuff, I was getting it a second time then. Yep. And then I would take the notes and I would make an outline. Mm-hmm. And I did that for every single chapter, for every single class. And I can tell you, I spent more hours on homework than probably anybody else did in perspective of what had to be, you know, accomplished versus I'm not saying that, you know, people who had like really heavy programs and stuff didn't put time and stuff. But if you took this many classes to they're this many classes and they're on the same things, Mm -hmm. I put double the time in, if not triple the time in of having to go through that process. But I went from you know, struggling on tests to going from that to being at a 3.9. So I like, I figured, like I figured that out because it, and it was just out of trial and error. It was out of, it actually was out of like necessity too. Yeah. And it became, and that's how I do everything. Even, you know, with, you know, my own business and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. like, you know, everybody's going to doing everything on their phone and stuff. I can't do that because I can't, rem- I have to follow a process. Yeah. I have to write it down. I have to be able to check it off. But I understand that about myself, you know, and that's, you know, for me, when I was, my kids were growing up and stuff, for me, it was important to understand like what it was they're struggling with. And I always made it a point that if they were really struggling with something and they kept saying it was like, you know, the teacher, this or that, I'd always schedule a meeting with the teacher and I would always have them there with the teacher because then it was able to be a discussion. Um, who? I would have my child there. Oh, whatever oh, that child, whichever, whichever kid it was that whatever right. the thing was. 
is that I'd say I would, you know, schedule it and I'd arrive like right when school ended and stuff and we sit down because then that way, you know, I wanted my kids to have a voice. I wanted them to be able to, you know, say this, you know, and sometimes they'd be unwilling. So they would say, well, this is where they felt they were struggling with and stuff like that. And then the teacher would grasp onto that and then they would have the discussion with them. I mean, at a point, I wanted my kids to feel that validated for Mm -hmm. what it is that they were struggling with. I wanted them to understand that it was, if they felt like they needed more time on something, that, that, you know, to have enough respect for themselves to go up to a teacher and say, you know, I'm really having a hard time with this and stuff, and so I just need a little bit more time, or I need to redo this, or I have a question on this, or... Like, I wanted them to be empowered to have a voice, you know, because I didn't feel like I had a voice, you know, and I had to find my own voice to fit. And I didn't want my kids to have that same experience that I had. And and I didn't tell my parents that that I was struggling with that. So I can't, I can't say that, you know, in any way, shape or form, my parents are accountable for that, you know, whatsoever, um, because if. If I wasn't willing to tell them, they can't read my mind. They're not in school with no. me. Yeah. How do they know? Neither can your teacher. Nor, nor can yeah. the teacher. Yep. You know, the teacher would be like, you know, why is it there? It seemed to be, and I didn't say anything. So <laughs> what could they do? Right. You know, um, so, you know, instead of having to have your kid go through all these years, and, and, it's, and quite honestly, it's a struggle as a parent, too. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that. I was, was going to go back to the parent perspective. If you didn't, what were you, you going to say about that? Is that, you know, as a parent, it's 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 so disheartening to see your kids struggle. Yep. That to know there's something going on and you can't figure out what it is. And, you, and for some reason, your kid is not, like, wanting to have that conversation with you, no matter right. how you try and stuff. This is the point in time where bringing somebody in... That and and you can't look at it as somehow you failed as a parent. Thank you. That's <laughs> you I'm can, so glad you, you said cannot, that. You cannot. You are not right. failing. Actually, if you bring somebody in, like that, that's like a you know that's a gold medal. Yeah. Because you are you bringing having somebody else join the team. You know the way I always say is that it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. You can't. It, you know, you can't be everything. No. To your kid. You know, you can be who you are and what your strengths and values and what it is that you can offer. That's what you have to give. And those are all important things and stuff. Mm-hmm. But just like you as a person, you're you're a complex person too. That's why you need different people in your lives and stuff because each person that you happen to interact with has a different part that brings out in you that, that brings the best of that part right. out. So... Your child is the same way, is that you need to bring different dimensions to the table right? To, in order to get them to be able to grow as a person and start valuing themselves as a person. Yeah, we, we, we only know what we know. We know our experiences. We know how we were raised. We know how we were taught in school. Right. And we can learn. We can supplement that. We can go to YouTube. I mean... You can learn to be a parent on YouTube. You can do just about anything, right? You can have that around when my kids are going out. I know, but th- there are so many other ways to learn. But if you pause for a second and say, well, hold on. I'm I'm mom. I'm an owner of a business. I am homeschooling my kids. I, I am a teacher. I mean, we have 
we have teachers that we tutor that are kids too. I mean, think if they had that concept about themselves that they failed, we wouldn't have those students. But they took the, I like the, I think you said a metal, right? They took yeah. like the metal approach and said, I realize I need to get a coach for my student, my kid, because it's the best thing for them. There's a um, there's a quote that I, I bring to the consultations, the discussions that I, when I meet with families and I give it to the parents and it it's just a quick passage that tells them the best sign of a child's success is the support of the parents. Mm-hmm. And support does not mean doing all roles, wearing all hats right. for your kid. I, I, I believe this personally, that the role of a parent is to provide love and provide boundaries. And then obviously the basic needs, food, shelter, water, right? But when your ability to provide love and boundaries for your child is impacted because you're spending hours at night arguing and grueling over homework and maybe you're trying to teach yourself how to study up on the latest common core ways of teaching math and then try to (laughs) help yourself like how who are you really helping that's that's a question to ask and is it is it better for the family dynamic to kind of sacrifice some of the the love and their true parenting responsibilities because we're we're so headstrong trying to be all things to our kids that I, I see it and I know I know some people will listen and go, ooh, that's that's me. Just try it. <laughs> try to say if I just take that off my plate and let someone else work with my kid that doesn't have any attachments. So right. tutors aren't they're they they own that relationship. They're they hold themselves accountable to the success of the child. They support them, but at the same time they're not the mom or dad. Right. They're not the teacher. They're not going to pass out a D ever. They're not going to give any grades. And they're for, from the child's perspective of the tutor, this is the part where parents are often negatively impacted is right. kids want to get a reaction <laughs> to two different reactions from their parents. They either want to please, so they don't want to admit, maybe this is how you were. You didn't want to say, hey, mom, dad, I don't really understand what's going on in school. I feel right. like... I need more time. Could you could you get me? A, I don't even know what they're called. Kids don't know the word tutor necessarily. Right. They just know something's not right, right and they're struggling. So they might not articulate what they need because they don't know how to do that yet. Um, but the other side of it is, if they've built up enough angst, whatever it is, doesn't matter why. Don't 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 worry about that. Sometimes they purposely won't do well in school because they're also trying to get a reaction from the parents. Right. There are a lot of dynamics at play. But if you stop and you go, hey, you know what? If that kid were not my kid you can more accurately observe something's not going right. Just try try a buddy system. Try a coach and see how that yeah. helps with the dynamic of the household. It's really important. I think, too, that, uh, you know, some of the signs that, that go on um, with your kids and stuff to really uh, take some notice of um, that I found, again, as raising children, is that uh, if you find that, uh, they continuously have projects that mysteriously come up. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Like, I can't tell you how many right. all-nighters I had. <laughs> oh, Mom, I've got this project due the tomorrow. Project that really? They, te- they just tell you today? They just told you today. Wow. Unbelievable. And, <laughs> that oh, my goodness, like, that's a major project. Right. You know, are you sure? Oh, Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like nine o'clock at night, you know, and 
you know, you need supplies and stuff. And so you need to go up to the store and, you know, it's the chances that they're going to be able to get that done in a reasonable amount of time. So mm -hmm. then you're, in, you know, you're up for the count, you know, and it, then it becomes an argument and then you're yep. frustrated and, I mean, if yeah, and and you don't want to enable them because yes, I mean we're sort of joking that the teacher just assigned it today. They did not. They did <laughs> they not. at least a week ago. At least, yeah, um, absolutely. But so there's there's definitely a level of accountability. And if we try to help our kids do the project, you know, then we're sending the message: somebody's always going to bail you out. So there's a balance. You want to help hold them accountable. But you can't do things for them. It, it, it depends on the age, of course. You know, they're well, different. Ab yeah, yeah. Ab absolutely. Um, but. You know, a tutor can be really important in in that also because mm -hmm. um, if they're seen, you know, coming on a regular basis and involved in your kids, uh, you know, what it is that's going on, um, and they find out from the teacher kind of what the schedule of different things are and stuff, is that, um, you know, they may not necessarily listen to you about learning how to um, schedule things and stuff, but a tutor, tutor can come in and actually make it a fun process of, mm -hmm. you know, developing, you know, a, um, a whole schedule, you know, that they, teaching them how to create it for themselves. Yeah. You know, and then bringing the parents in on it and saying, okay, this is like, this is what, you know, Kimberly, you know, this is what the teacher said is all like doing stuff. And this is the whole schedule. Mm -hmm. She's so excited and, you know, have have that their kid describe what their schedule is and what their expectations mm -hmm. is and stuff. And so then they're telling you as a parent what it is that they're looking to do, what it is that they need from you and stuff. And you're, you are encouraging and empowering them with so many skills yep. that, uh, taking accountability, learning how to make a schedule, um, being excited about accomplishing something, feeling good about what yeah. it is that they've put into place. I mean, these are all skills that, both of us have worked <laughs> in the corporate world. Well, oh, that, that's not even what I thought you were going to say, but that's true, too. Well, you teach goals in your workshops, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. How to, like, hit goals, how to stay motivated. Right. You know, and, I mean, these are all things that I can't tell you over the years and stuff that, um, you know, different companies that I work for or people that I met with and stuff like that, that um, that was, a, you know, it was always a struggle for them. Mm -hmm. is that, uh, you know, I would, you know, think that we had, you know, things set up and stuff like that. And, you know, they always felt short. Or when I was in college and we had projects they had to do in class together, you could always tell those who did not have those skills intact. Right. You know, because uh, I was left holding multiple Somebody bags. Somebody doesn't pull their weight. Somebody time. doesn't pull their weight <laughs> right. and stuff. And it's because they've never been taught. They've, right. They didn't, have never learned what those skills are for themselves. And quite honestly, there's a certain point, too, that, that they're not learned that. We can't really hold them accountable, too, because they... I I'm so glad you said they, that. They don't. They don't understand what the value of that right. is. So how can you hold somebody accountable when they don't under they don't know understand what it it is yeah. to begin with? I, I I like I feel I feel relieved. I, I didn't think about talking about that today, but you I'll know, just leave as, it to me. Well, <laughs> oh, thanks, Kim. But it's so it's so true. You know, something that we just do as people um, is, you know, I told you once, so now you know it. Well, that's true for some people. Yes. Some things you don't have to be. Like the example of the little kid, you try to teach him, well, how do you not touch the stove? Okay, well, you touched the stove once and now you've learned. Don't right. touch it again. Right? But 
you don't have to have that burn to know not to touch the stove. There are other ways to learn. Right. So like for you, I think you were getting gradually burned. You had a slow burn. You finally figured yes. it out in college. Right. That doesn't have to happen. We can get you help earlier, really Kim. Where were we years ago when you were a kid struggling in school and didn't even know it? Man, <laughs> it's your all your it's, fault. It's our just fault. so you know, so I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't born yet. I didn't have a business yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you're having fun on my own. own. That's all. <laughs> but something, something is so key is it's easy to think. Oh, well, you were taught to take your folder home to parent and return folder to school to teacher. Right. We were taught that in second grade. That's it. You were told that in second grade, you were, right. which is really you were told to do that. And you were also, you had follow-up from the teacher at that time. Right. The teacher said, okay, class, did everybody turn in their orange folder? Okay, hand in the papers that were on the right side of the folder that is the return to teacher. They get the reminders. Well, then in third grade, it's just telling. And there's no follow-up often. Depends, of course, on the school district. But it's usually between second and third grade. It's now left to the, to the child to be accountable. Well, I think a really important point you made is, like, not all kids are starting at the same age. Right. But age, you know, doesn't necessarily determine maturity. So some kids just have a different maturity level, and they're naturally more responsible than others. It is not fair to say, well, by fourth grade, by golly, you've learned it at least two years in a row now. You should be organized. Ah! Right. It doesn't work that way for a lot of kids. So it is truly unfair to say, why is your backpack disorganized? Why don't you have notes? Why is this such a mess? Why didn't you turn your homework in? We need to look at how do we help you turn your homework in? How do you, how do we help you, you the student, not doing it for you? Right. Set up your own calendar. And I do want to tie this into the goals because I also think it's important, one, to not just assume that because you've learned it once you know it, but the other part of it is not all kids, not all people, Sorry, not all people are intrinsically motivated toward the same goals that we have as parents or teachers right. or bosses, whatever. So a goal for mom or dad might be an A. So the consequence might be, well, hey, Kim, if you don't get an A, I'm going to take your, I don't know, whatever Kim likes to do. What do you like to do, Kim, as a little kid? I don't oh, know. God. Well, certainly not the things that they like. <laughs> no. Whatever. You you can't play on your iPad. Okay, that's your consequence. You get a C, you lose your iPad. So we would be remiss if we tried to preach to the to our students, okay, well, your goal is to get an A because your mom and dad want you to get an A. Well, if that's not their goal, they're not going to buy in, and they're not going to create this calendar and become organized because they want an A because they don't want an A. They don't, they don't care right. about an A, but what, what do you care about? I care about being able to just do what I want to do. Which is the iPad. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So we rewrite the goals for the kid. So the kid's motivation is to get the iPad. Well, guess who else wins if Kim gets her iPad back? Mom and Dad win because in order to get the iPad back, you had to have gotten an A or a B. Right. So everybody wins. But it's looking at it from the lens of of the person that we're helping, which is the student. So that's that's an important way to distinguish how we help the kids the goals have to match. Like if we're if we're on two different planes, if if Kim's goal is I just want a D, and Mom and Dad's goal is an A or a B, I don't really know that there's a lot that I could do with even the most most capable tutors. Right. We have to come to some agreement first because we are a team. We have to stack hands on how we're going to go. But it has a goal. to be. It has to be a process. You can't. It has to be a process. You can't have the the child's child's goals and the parents' goals, and then 
you know, the, the parent is like, okay, well, I'm bringing somebody in to help. And so the expectation is, is automatically this is just going to happen. No, it has, sometimes it is a process of learning and stuff. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I used to do with my kids, um, and I, you know, it's something that I can remember that was an excitement for me. And so I guess maybe I just thought it would be a good thing to implement with them is that I can remember when school would start out and I would be so excited about going and picking out the right binder and the folders and like everything had a match and this and, and so when my kids were growing up and it was time before school, I always made it a big event to go and like, what do you think you need or how do you want it? And I would let them pick out and stuff and then we would get home, you know, and then the backpack and everything else and it made it, I made it this like big fun event and then when they start school and they come home and especially as they got a little bit older into um, uh, middle school mm-hmm. and they would get this like the syllabus from the teachers and stuff right. and they'd have their calendar and everything and we would sit down and we'd go through and I would not me write it I'd have them write it mm-hmm. on the dates and stuff of everything of when it was due and stuff like that and so I tried to teach them and then you know by having the excitement of having all the binders and how they think they wanted it organized, I'd, you know, I'd ask them. I'm like, "Well, you know, do you want do you want loose leaf paper or do you want a do you want a spiral notebook? Like, which do you think will work better for you? Right. You know, do you want to have that? You know, do you want to have one of those trapper keepers and stuff, or do you want separate binder for each one that you put the notebook and your loose loose paper? What do you, like? I kept asking them questions of how they thought. You know, do you want you know the holder for your pencil thing, or do you want a separate pencil? Like. So every time I asked them a question, they had to think about what they thought was going to work best for them. Right. And I would create it where then they would want to have a system in place for themselves so that when they were in classes. Now, did it times get out of hand? Yeah. And we'd have times we'd sit down and go through it and organize it and stuff like that. But then that's a learning process, too, yeah. going and doing that. But I did that specifically because I wanted them to start to figure out of what they thought works best for themselves. That's so important to give someone you know, the power to, of to, choice. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm so impressed with the people that my kids have, have turned into because <laughs> they do know what, you know, they, they struggle like every other 20 some year olds of what it is they want to do or things like that and stuff like that. But they're, they're organized. Um, you know, they find value and importance in when they've made a commitment. You know, uh, when they take a class and stuff, they find value of what it is that they're going through. And they actually have a, you know, a study process that they've created for themselves and stuff. And I feel good about that. Because, you should. You know, um, I, I'm not looking at it so like, oh, what I did. No, I get excited to see what they find a value for themselves. Yeah, and I bet you they're not doing everything. They're not using the same color highlighter to highlight their notes, and they're not doing their studying the same exact way that you did when you were in college. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but that's okay. But that's, that's okay. Really. Because, you know what? Because they are who they are. All right. Yeah, you know, never and to me, that. it was always, it's been exciting to see you know, watch them develop into their own person. Mm -hmm. And I'm always, you know, my, my daughter is like quite the little philosopher on life and where she should be going and stuff like that. And, you know, one of the things I always say to her is like, 
I'm just really proud of who you think you are right now. Mm -hmm. Like, enjoy the journey. Be part of, like, enjoy the process. Right. You know, that's important to me. And I think it's important to empower your kids with that and stuff is that, too, is that even if they're having a struggle with something, get them to embrace what it is that they're struggling with so they understand um, what that signs is of of what a struggle is for themselves so Mm -hmm. that as they get older and stuff that they can understand what that struggle what that struggle feels like yep. and know when it is that they need help for something they need yeah. to know when they for can something. do it themselves yeah. and know how to do that and then to recognize okay this I don't have the skill set for this yes now is when I need to ask for help and knowing that that's okay too right yeah yeah it's not it isn't it is a it's an unfortunate consequences a consequence of us being busy and having high expectations without offering the tools right to our kids it's great to say i want you to be a whatever a xyz professional and get a's but if we don't give them the tools to do that and then we're disappointed that they didn't they didn't amount to our they didn't reach our expectations right. that's just not fair um, yes. So we we can find a way to do both, and you know, just like again about the individual, our expectations may not be our our kids' expectations for themselves, right? And and you know, that's that's a that's a parent struggle. Mm-hmm. That's, Absolutely, you know, that's something that um, no matter you know how much tutoring that you get for your child or whatever to help them out and stuff is that. You know, you just want them to be the best that they can be mm-hmm. in whatever version that is, and. You know, sometimes, um, even though you have a tutor and stuff and it helps them, so, okay, so now they're getting a B or C. They were failing before. That you need, you can't be disappointed with that because you don't want your kids to feel that that they didn't accomplish something. They did accomplish something. They now have a B or C. And you know what? Not everything is a strong point. So that's okay. Like, you have you have put as long as like you have to give them uh kudos and acknowledgement for what they've accomplished because if you've done the best you can do and that's what the best is that you can that's do the, that's, that's good that's, that's the important part that's it's, good enough uh, my like my my philosophy might be different than Kim's or than a parent that we're tutoring but i i am i the growth mindset is the most important thing, which is, you know, I, I believe that I can, I'm going to put in the effort. These hurdles, I can, I can find a way to get over them. Um, the end result is usually pretty high levels of success. So the, the thing is, if maybe you haven't reached an A yet, if that's, if that's the definition of success in the family or the expectation, but the effort is what helps get you there. So the thing that I, I would love for all, all students, whether they're students, kids, sorry, all kids, is that they have the tools to decide amongst various options for what they want to be. You know, it would be such a cool thing. I had I had actually one of the parents that were tutoring their daughter had said, look, I don't care if you decide you want to go be a clerk somewhere. If you've gone through school and you've tried your hardest and you've done well on your SAT and ACT so that you get into the college that you want to get into and you graduate with a degree because you've tried your hardest and then you still decide to become a clerk, more power to you. I love you. You worked hard and you gave yourself the option to choose something right. that you really want to do. 
that's that is a successful parent and that is right. a really successful kid. So but it's when we don't come in and support them and guide them then they don't have any options and then they're stuck and then you know then all kinds of things happen then they might resent the parent, they might feel poor about themselves. We don't want to go down that path. We're going to talk about the, the ways we can go down a positive path. So it's the growth mindset and a lot of effort. You end up with a lot more options. Well, and and we've spent a lot of time really focusing in on the younger ages and stuff. And, you know, one of the points I wanted to kind of bring up, too, is that um, moving up to the high school mm -hmm. um, area is that uh, there is a lot of high schools and the high school that my children went to and stuff is that, um, I will never forget as my kids and I went in for the freshman meeting for the, you know, parent night and stuff. And they talked to all of us parents at a whole and stuff. And they're talking about colleges and everything as <laughs> the beginning of freshman year. Yeah. And, uh, I, I will never forget this is that their focus was, is having, making the kids, um, feel like they should strive to always be in AP classes versus hmm. just taking the regular classes. And um, I really struggled with that because, uh, and I can remember when we were at the point of going and talking to colleges and stuff, and some of the colleges saying is that they had a tremendous amount of frustration with the high schools going after the fact of putting these kids in having them take all these AP classes and stuff. They said they would rather have a student that is taking the regular classes and getting an A and getting those transcripts than having a student who's taking all AP classes and their grades not being as good as the other one. <laughs> and so, um, you know, if you constantly are, you know, putting that pressure on your child and stuff from the time they're young and then now not only are you putting the pressure on but now you know when your kid enters high school they are going to uh, suck in the expectation that the high school has then too and so instead of really figuring out what works best for them they're going to take the pressure because as they get older too now they don't just have the pressure from you, but they have the pressure from their social group, right? their peers, and what their peers are doing, and what their counselors are saying, because their counselors are trying to guide them of, you know, what they think they want to do, and it used to be a point in time of where you could look at it and say, yeah, I want to go to college and stuff, and not have an idea. Now, when you're applying for colleges, they don't want you to just apply for the college. They want you to apply for the area that you want to, yeah, you know, to which, major. Which, which college your within the university, yeah, yeah the college of medicine or whatever. Okay, I'm sure all of us as parents and stuff at this point in time, how many of you absolutely 100% knew what you wanted to major in? And that your careers reflect where you are now <laughs> right. of what it is that you were focusing in, right. you know, at that young age. And so the amount of pressure by the time then they're in high school, we have kids that are never before dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression, dealing with, these are all things that it didn't happen overnight. They didn't just all of a sudden enter high school and then have all these things going on. Right, it's gradual. But I think it's really, really, really important to 
have these conversations all the time with your child and stuff of where they think their strengths and weaknesses are and stuff. And so to have an idea of empowering them to make those decisions when they get, get into high school. Because the more that you can have them make decisions and stuff when they're in high school, then when they get ready to go into college and stuff, they are more prepared to be in college. Because when you tell your kid, okay, you're going to take all these AP classes, and then you have, you know, six or seven hours, and you go to school and stuff like that, these kids get off into college, and they're lost. The It is a staggering number <laughs> of the amount of freshmen at the end of their freshman year of college that either flunk out or drop out. Right. And I can tell you, it is a direct correlation that these children are not given the empowerment of understanding of making a schedule for themselves and being accountable. <laughs> I cannot agree with you more. It's, you know, they're not emotionally ready. They're not, they don't have the organization. They don't have the buy-in. They don't have their purpose. They don't yes. know why they're there. They're going through the motions. It's just an extension of elementary school and high school. They just keep going to school because that's what they've been told to do. Yes. So when we have, we have to pause and accept, I mean, we can't, Everybody can't be making their own decisions all the time. There are expectations. You know, they are in an institution, which is school. They have to go to it. So we at least just offer the support that we can right. within the, the the constraints that we have or within the rules. Right. So if they are in the AP classes and that's the expectation of the school that they're in, you know, as a parent, you said, you know, it's a lot of it's on the parent. You decide, okay, well, I don't agree with this school's philosophy. If you're in a place where there's open enrollment, well, then you talk with your child and you put them in a different school. Or you decide or we're you, stay or in the Or the school. next semester, you put them in just regular English or regular yeah. math. I mean, you go in with, you know, if you have to, you know, if it feels like if your kid comes back to you and says, well, the counselor says I really should stay in there and stuff, and you know what your child's, you know, feelings are and what they're dealing with and stuff, then it's important to then schedule a time to go in together and stuff and you know, be the support, like, there is nothing more empowering to your child to know that you have their back. Right. Because that is that is the force that, you know, just like you have to go to your job and you have bosses and stuff like that and you have expectations put on you, that's, you know, that's their job they're going to. And so, you know, there are certain things that are being asked out of them and they don't feel like they have a voice. So... You know, by you going and being there and being part of that conversation with them encourages them to get them to understand it's okay for them to to speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. That as much as this seems like great, this is not working well for me. Yeah. I need to go to the regular, you know, English or the regular math or the regular science or the regular, you know, whatever whatever it is. And to make it okay that there is no big deal or drama over that change that's going on. Because at the end of the day that they go and do that regular class and they get an A or they get a B plus and they were struggling another one, what a sense of empowerment you've given them because they they have this feeling that they've accomplished something and they've taken care of their own needs of what it is. They, they, I, I can't even begin the list of what you've provided <laughs> provided them and stuff. And so that's one of the things that you guys can do, though, too, at Tudor Doctor is getting an understanding of, you know, where you, where 
your child's strength is. You can right. go to the parents and stuff and talk to them and say, like, you know, especially if they're in high school age or middle school age, is that, you know, um, you know what, I've been working with your child and stuff like that, and it just seems like, you know, them being in these advanced classes that it just seems you know, like maybe it's not a good fit for them. And these are the reasons why, because as I'm working with them, this is, you know, there's nothing wrong with them being in a, in a regular, you know, just the average class. I mean, that's what well, we all, I, I, that's what we all went to. We, mostly, yeah. Most, yeah. Mostly it was just, you know, an average class and you tried really well to, you know, And we all head. got into colleges. Right. So, I, I mean, I, I would say it's not, it isn't our place to say what you should or shouldn't do and it's, it is you know at the end of it it's it is the parent's decision if no, they want to keep their child in an advanced class yeah. it is and it's substantiated so every time we do a session with a student our tutors fill out session notes so that the parents can review those and they can they can have a much better conversation with their child if they see you know uh, you know we let's say we're working on trigonometry with a student and you know, we're going over a particular concept, and then we leave some practice problems behind with the student, and you know they don't complete them, or they still don't understand them after we've tried. Again, keep in mind they've already gone through school. They've you know they've spent six seven hours in class. Now they're doing supplemental tutoring. We're trying to rebuild that foundation or build the foundation, whichever it may be in this case. And the student still isn't understanding. We try different approaches. We may even try to, to swap out the tutor, trying to look for now a third perspective to help the student. We now can give the, the parents some tools to say, we've tried this and this. You can see in these notes, the child still is not, just not grasping it, you know, whether it's effort or aptitude, but then they have something where they can go right. to the guidance counselor or the, you know, or the vice principal or the teacher, whomever right. is, the, is the right party to say, you know, this really isn't the right fit for my student. Or, I'll spin the other way, because this is also true more often than not, actually, is we thought there was a, a learning gap, and really it was it was effort. Right. Or it, it was, I just want to hurry, I just want to get on to the next right. class, and if they just slowed down, they actually maybe don't understand only 20%, or it appears like they don't understand 40%. So now we've closed that gap, and now the real tutoring can begin. Right. So you know, it, it really goes both ways, but the thing is, we don't just make impulsive decisions to pull our kids out of classes or put them in advanced classes just because. Right. You can look at some documentation and right. say, okay, now I've tried to be a good parent. I've listened to my kid. I've helped them advocate for themselves by talking to the teacher, talking to the guidance counselor. We've we've gone we've gotten outside help through tutor doctor. We've got personal tutoring. There really might not be a whole lot else we can do at this point, <laughs> but, but at least you've tried. Yeah, right. you, we don't just throw up our hands and go, oh, well, I guess they're just going to get us. Right. We don't do that. I mean, we, we really don't. We, we want to we show our kids that we support them, we empower them whenever possible, and we give them the tools to succeed. That's really well, all we can do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we've touched on a lot of really, mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of points that we touched on today and stuff. Um there's a lot of food for thought in this conversation that Kimberly and I had. Um, and I think it's a, if you have school age children, uh, there's a lot, this would be really good for you to listen through again and stuff and, uh, you know, think about maybe some of the things that you may be, you know, dealing with, with, you know, one of your kids and stuff, mm -hmm. um, and how that fits. And, you know, Tutor Doctors, uh, you know, in North Gilbert, uh, you know, with Kimberly is a great place to start, uh, you know, as you're working through some of these things um, as a Thank resource, you. a way to come in, 
to evaluate help evaluate what's going yeah, on and stuff. Options. Yeah, yeah, you know, and sometimes maybe it's just you need them for a short time or maybe mm-hmm. it's a long period of time you need them and stuff. So yeah, maybe you just you need know, for test prep or SAT. Yeah, or absolutely. So there's needs. there's there's short and long term things that that they can help out with. Um, but use the resource as you know a parent is only as successful as the resources that they choose to bring into <laughs> their lives and stuff. Um, and you're teaching your kids in the midst too of how to deal with you know things that they're struggling with too. So uh, you know, do you want to teach your kids to not look for resources to help themselves, right. or do you want to teach them that um, that it's okay where they're at? You just have to look for resources to help you get through what it is that you're, you know, whatever it is that you're dealing with at that moment. So. Thank you so much for You're being welcome. here today. This was a great conversation. That's really good um, questions and good perspective from your own parenting. Uh, yeah. Well, Sounds like you, you know, did a good job. Well, you know, it's so funny when you're on the other side and stuff, you can look back and see so many things you could have done differently. Right. You know, clarity is always twenty twenty when you're looking back. Um, but, you know, at the, the, at, the bottom, at the end of the day, you know, my focus was always about the kid, always. about both of them you know, doing whatever I could as much as I could for the both of them. So, you know, their opinions don't always reflect what my my thought process was, but that's okay. They'll learn from those two. It's okay. Yeah. We're not always Um, right. But if you have any questions whatsoever, uh, we will have um, Tudor Doctor of North Gilbert information up on the website for you to be able to um, pull that information off of. If you want to put any comments on there, um, either I can answer them or if they're directed towards directly towards Kimberly, I will get, get them to her and Please. she will reach out to you. So um, with that, I hope wherever you are in your day that you take time for you because you are important. And then, as I always say, is there are goals, and there are goals that we have. Imagine what you can accomplish if you just get out of your own way. With that, I look forward to seeing you all again uh, tomorrow. And I also want to mention, too, is that I do have workshops that I have going on. Uh, You can find those on the website. And I also have a patron page. And on that patron page, it allows uh, those of you who would like to Uh, contribute to help these podcasts continue so that we can bring as many resources as possible. I would encourage you, the information is on the screen there. It's uh, patron.com with uh, Holistic Living, Health and Wellness. And uh, I always appreciate uh, all the support that I continue to get from all of you each and every day. And so I will look forward to seeing you again. Take care. Thank you.